You've heard the phrase, I'm sure, the devil is in the details. That phrase came to me as I was reading over our text for this Palm Sunday. Jesus is going to give us so much detail this morning. I really got stuck in the details reading the text. I always thought Palm Sunday was about the triumphal entry. It was always about the majestic singing. It was always about the parade feel of the, the occasion. It's always about the children processing in, waving their palm branches. It's always about the pomp and circumstance of a day of celebration and the hosannas and the chanting and the singing of, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's always the lead into Holy Week, filled with the ups and downs of that last stretch of days of the life of Jesus. Because we not only know how the story goes, we know how the story ends. We gloss over the details. And sometimes, glossing over the details, we miss the point of the story. Just to get to the good stuff, you can't miss the details. The devil is in the details, they say. You know Palm Sunday, waving branches like the people did as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. You know Palm Sunday, people laying the garments down like a red carpet entryway for Jesus to enter the holy city. You know Palm Sunday, the day they chant and cheer and hoop and holler as Jesus rides into town. Of course, we know these same people are going to chant, crucify him, in just a couple of days. We know these same people will be the very ones, when given a choice to release one prisoner, they will choose Barabbas over Jesus as the one to save. People. We can be so fickle sometimes. With all of this unfolding, to kick off what we will come to know as the beginning of Holy Week, we get a lot of detail from Jesus about acquiring the beast of burden. Knowing all the hoopla that is to come, I got sidetracked by these details. Hear how Mark tells this in his gospel story. Interestingly, the whole parade part, the whole branch part, the whole blessed one who comes in the name of the Lord part is, is that much. The rest of it that I'm going to read about getting this cult is a lot. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. So they went away and found a colt tied near a door outside on the street, 
which is usually where you keep colts outside on the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, Why are you doing what, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus said, and so they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt. I hadn't seen a palm yet. I hadn't seen anybody waving or parading yet. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And then many people began to spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. And those who went ahead and those who followed were finally shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. We finally got there after we got that silly colt. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And after all of that, after he looked around at everything, as it was already late because they went through a lot of stuff to get the colt, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. You've heard the ancient story. I kept thinking about that phrase, the devil is in the details. That idiom means that mistakes are usually made in the small details of a project. The phrase is usually used as a caution to pay attention, avoid failure. The devil is in the details. Because details are important and problems or difficulties are usually found in the details. But did you know that the saying, the devil is in the details, really is derived from a more ancient saying that went like this. God is in the details. Did y'all know that? Google can teach you so much. Well, God is in the details puts a little different twist on tending to the details, doesn't it? God is in the details means that attention paid to small things has big rewards. Details are important, and whatever one does should be done thoroughly. And the truth, if it exists, is in the details. So putting aside the palms and the cheers for a moment... Let's take a look at the details of the significance of this day. Jesus sent two of them ahead to get things ready because we all know that planning any big thing takes a lot of details and a lot of planning. And people today are making their living and they're making a good living at being planners. That's their job. What do you do? I plan events. What events? All the events. I plan events. Weddings? can plan it. Funerals can plan it. Parties can plan it. All kind of events. Pay people to take care of every detail because guess what we don't like to do? Take care of all the details. Well, Jesus didn't have a party planner or a Holy Week planner. So he sends these two guys ahead 
Without GPS, he had to tell them how to get there the old school way, which is by pointing out landmarks. Nothing annoys people under the age of about 35 more than telling them stores at which to turn. Just plug it in the GPS and go. But Jesus went old school and said, just as you enter the city, you'll find a colt just inside the city gate, just on the left next to the guy selling olive sandwiches. There may be more than one colt there. Make sure you get the one that's never been ridden. Who would give that detail? I mean, think about that for a minute. I need a colt to ride. Please go get me the one that no one has ever sat upon. Untie the animal. Bring it to me. Then Jesus proceeds to tell them how to handle every kind of scenario that they may face. Like, what if someone asks, if, if someone asks you what you're doing, which really is highly likely that that's going to happen? Because don't you think everyone will question intentionally picking the colt that has never been ridden? So when somebody says, not if, but when somebody says, what are you doing? You just tell them the Lord needs it, and it will be returned to you ASAP. So they make their way ahead of Jesus and the others in through the village entrance, and there it was in the section of colts just inside the city gate, out in the street, but right next to the door, just to the left, next to the guy selling olive sandwiches. I don't know exactly how one tells just by looking if the colt has never been ridden before, but clearly they could tell. That's the one right there, that one. It must have just been the look in his eye or the fact that he was snorting and cavorting or maybe the way the colt kicked up his back legs into the air when they went to untie him that gave it away. Whatever it was, they knew right away, this is the one. No one has ever ridden this one before. We'll take it. It'll be perfect for a parade with lots of people cheering. It will be perfect for all the people chanting. And let's add in waving some palm branches to see if we can get the unridden colt excited. It's the perfect kind of animal. This colt will be perfect for the grand entrance to what would become a disaster of a week for Jesus. And sure enough, as if Jesus had written the script himself, some guys standing by and watching and thinking, why in the world are these two guys picking out a colt that is more like a bucking bronco? They said, what are you doing untying this colt? And just like Jesus told them to say, they said, our Lord needs it and we'll bring it back ASAP. And they said, okay. I think they said that because they just wanted to see what in the world would come of this very poor decision. Perhaps they would grab an olive sandwich and uncork a bottle of wine and just watch this show because it was bound to be a doozy once this unridden colt had someone sitting on it. 
So they bring it back to Jesus and they place their outer garments on it for him to sit on because that would surely calm down a previously unridden colt to wrap it up. And with that, they made their way into Jerusalem with people shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I didn't need all those details. I would have preferred to hear a little more about what Jesus was feeling, about what Jesus was thinking, about what Jesus was doing. But what we get is Jesus giving very specific, detailed instruction about how to maneuver the beginning of this holy week. Everything had to be just right. And for those of you that don't know, this whole cult scene was a fulfillment of Scripture. The stage is set, and it had been foretold how it was going to go down. There was a cult involved. So the specifics are included as confirmation. Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is in the details. Thank goodness those two disciples were listening, which is the Lenten word we're redeeming today. We've spent this whole Lenten season redeeming some words that are often found in our Lenten journey, and listening is today. They told them what Jesus had said. They had paid attention when Jesus was methodically laying out the plan. They took notes. They memorized what to do. They followed the plan to the letter of the law, just like a great wedding planner would do. They retrieved the unridden colt. They set the scene for what would turn out to be the beginning of the end. Nothing they did that day changed the course of history. But they listened to the details that Jesus gave, and then they obeyed his instruction. We would do well to listen to the details that Jesus gives and obey his instructions. So far, history has shown us that the church is easily taken off course because we fail to listen to the detailed instruction of Jesus. We tend to put ourselves first. We are inclined to take care of our own needs over the needs of others. We prioritize self-interest, power, and money over almost everything and everyone else. Jesus has given such specific, detailed instructions around these things. And we continue to fail at following the plan. I think we aren't listening. He could not have been more clear about how we are to act. And who should receive our help? And how we're supposed to be in this world? He could not have been more clear. He could not have been more detailed. And yet, we let people go hungry. We fail to educate those who are most at risk. We refuse to give water to those who are thirsty. That was one of the real specific ones. <laughs> 
He really gave details about that. We do not offer quality health care to those who are sick and poor. We let people live in rat-infested tent cities while failing to address the underlying needs for affordable housing and without offering substance rehabilitation and without extending services for mental health. Every single time we fail to advocate for those who are most at risk, the most in need, the most downtrodden, the most vulnerable, every single time we fail these of God's people, we can rest assured that it is because we have not listened, we have not paid attention, and we have not obeyed his instruction. Jesus is in the details. Every issue we face as a country, from affordable housing to immigration to health care to education, we are failing because we are unwilling to get to the details. These issues take work, lots and lots of grinding out of details. We like quick fixes and silver bullets and preferably ones that don't cost us a lot of time or money. Because we just don't want to spend what needs to be spent to hash out the details to find solutions. We give up too quickly and too easily because who has the time for the Jesus in the details? Please get us to the palm-waving moment. Please get us to the moment when we get to shout, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord because we don't want to have to do the work of the details of untying a colt that has never been ridden. Don't let the pretty scenes you see pictured tell you how that went. It was a hot mess. Shame on us for not listening. Every single time we get frustrated and walk away from a tough situation because we think it's beyond fixing, shame on us. And the us is us as individuals. It's us as a nation. It's us as a church. We'd rather just post a quick meme or share an article and move on. Are we listening to the Jesus in the details? That's where he lives. That's where he thrives. That's where he calls us to join him in the work of salvation. Jesus sent those guys to fetch him an unridden colt. Do you understand the foolishness of that? Do you understand the risk of that? Do you understand the prophetic nature of that? It's as if Jesus was shouting the obvious, this is going to be a rough ride if you follow me. You better buckle up and hold on tight. Because nothing about this holy week is going to be easy. Nothing about following me is going to be simple. Nothing about my way is going to be straightforward. Nothing about what is ahead will be effortless. Should you choose to join in this journey, you better understand that you will have to find Jesus in every single detail of your life and in every single detail of every single situation in which you find yourself. If you are a giver-upper and a letter-goer, 
I don't think you can call yourself a Jesus follower. I think this whole extended scene of how to acquire the colt to ride into town should be a huge clue and a big heads up. This is just not an easy way we have chosen to follow. This Jesus way is going to be a rough ride. We better listen very closely to the instructions that Jesus has given us and then follow those instructions with great care. And when we do, we will find a fullness to life that we've been searching for and yearning for all along. This week, I hope you find you an unridden colt. I hope it throws you off a few times and kicks and screams. I hope you turn around and look at it and wonder, I don't know if I'm going to get back on that thing again. And then I hope you find the courage and the strength to get back on it. If we can't learn to ride some unridden colts, we have no business riding into Holy Week at all. May it be so. Amen.